Good day, ladies and gentlemen. It's Medic Prezi again, and um, this evening we will be talking about um, anger. Two safeguards for anger. Two safeguards for anger. You know, and our text will be taken from Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. Um, where Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, said, "Be angry." And yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. I read again Ephesians 4 26 to 27. Paul writes, Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. Hallelujah. You know, hunger, anger, anger. Anger is really not. Um, something so bad uh, oftentimes we connect it to the negative but it is really not so negative anger is an emotional response that can be positive you know um, but then the wrong kind of anger can be very very uh, catastrophic yeah. we get angry is not a problem but then you not being able to manage it is the problem it's the problem you know, and I've been at the receiving end of not being able to manage it. So actually, I think I have a little experience of what I'm saying. You know, and when you look at Ephesians 4, 26 to 27, the um, first thing Paul says, be angry. It doesn't stop you from being. Rather, what it wants you to do is that you should not sin because of it. It should not result um, in some certain situations because of because of it so um, you shouldn't be getting um so you shouldn't be getting to the point where you have to sin because of your anger so paul gives us those these um two safeguards you know and i'm going to quickly explain something to you. he says be angry and yet do not sin and then there's a semicolon what happens is the next two safeguards explains how not to sin i don't forget how not to sin now it's not just enough for you to say someone say you can get angry you know you can get angry but don't sin how do i prevent myself from sinning how and how's what paul um begins to explain to the efficient church when he writes and and then the, the first um the first is uh, the first thing that it tells us is not to let the sun go down on our wrath. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Hallelujah. In other words, you have to deal with problem and tensions as soon as possible. Some persons are very good at stuffing problems and tensions and, you know, just keep on piling them under the table, keep on sweeping them under the carpet, and then it begins to swell and begins to, to, to wheel up without actually handling it and i'm really not um uh, in support of that school of thought the person just believe you know you can keep on sweeping it on the carpet you don't have to confront them they, they they are scared to rock the boat for me i just prefer to rock the boat if we're gonna rock the boat to have peace then i'm gonna do it now so that peace can reign you know i'm not going to keep on stockpiling it and keep on stockpiling it and keep on stockpiling it without dealing with it you know, when you begin to stockpile 
problems and tensions in relationships uh, and begin to try and repackage anger well, what you do is you're just waiting for that inevitable day when you're going to say so much or you're not supposed to say that is how many persons get to sin with their anger because the day they finally blow up because the day you, you finally raise the carpet uh, with the amount of death that have been swept under the carpet you you go out of control you go out of control so how do you not sin when you're angry you deal with tensions and you deal with problems just as they arise just as they arise you don't have to keep on stockpiling you don't have to be scared to rock the boat you don't have to be scared to confront anyone or, or whoever it may be you've got to confront them you know one thing about anger is sometimes you refuse to confront anybody you refuse to say anything you're happy you you, you just move on and you're feeling the pains and the pangs of the betrayals or whatever happened and then the person doesn't even doesn't even know that they have offended you and if you're not aware that you're not happy or that, that they offended you they're probably going to repeat the same thing over and over again and you're going to keep on putting it under the carpet keep on sweeping keep on sweeping it under the carpet without actually acting into such situations and the day that you're going to raise up that carpet it's going to be a lot of trouble so that's the first thing that don't let them linger don't let don't let don't let them first out until they explode inappropriately you know and then boom sometimes it even becomes a transfer of aggression to the wrong person because we know we have refused or we feel the death with the anger sitting inside of us with the person that actually made us angry so you don't need to let your anger fester you don't need to let it linger around as it's going to explode someday and you're going to have a lot of collateral damages and the second safeguard is don't give the devil a foothold in our life now for me the second safeguard is related to the first in that if you if you let the sun go down on your anger then then what you get is what you get is um how do i put it what you get is giving the devil a foothold mm -hmm. when you let the sun go down on your anger what you've just done is to let the devil get a foothold and when you let the devil to get a foothold he's going to take an acre from you he's going to take an acre from you so how do you not sin you don't let the devil get a foothold how do you do how do you not let the devil get a foothold you do not let your anger go down you don't let the sun go down with your anger and when you do these things what happens you can be angry and yet you will not sin very simple and very quite instructive you know don't give the devil a foothold because if you do it's gonna take every single inch left out of you and you'll be wondering why you're doing some services it is because you've given him foothold and how do you give him a foothold by letting this go down on your anger that is something you've got to deal with you know if our anger is vicious and addictive the devil will use that to destroy our lives and drag us down you see with that foothold it's mad enough to use it to drag us down with just a foothold it's mad enough to use it to drag us down on these trials you know but then when you've got the right kind of anger you're able to do the right things and deal with situations as they come 
part time. Part time. And then I'm going to say, take distance. Um, maybe sometimes I do pray, you know, and just say, help me to be angry at the right things in the right way. And employ the two safeguards, you know, to avoid anger, you know. You have to be angry at the right thing in the right way. There's a wrong way to be angry at the right thing. And that's something I learned recently. There's a wrong way to be angry at the right thing. Hallelujah. So you've got to learn how to be angry at the right thing, the right way, at the right time. You've got to learn it. If you've got to learn it, the right, right way to be angry at the right thing, at the right time, in the right way. And I pray for each and every one listening. Um, for those of us that have anger issues, you know, it's a denier, denier of the fact that you have an anger issue is the beginning of a problem. You cannot keep on denying it. Denying is not the opposite of it. Denying reality is not the opposite of it. It's not anti-faith. You've got to accept reality and commit that reality into the hands of God, trusting that He is able to do more than you could ever ask or think to make you humble, to make you gentle, to make you whatever He wishes to be. But never go around denying your flaws, denying your shortcomings. Never go around denying your flaws. Never go around denying your shortcomings. Denier will not fix the problem. What fixes the problem is accepting the problem and placing the problem in the hands of God. Cast all your cares to Him because what it cares, you've got to be able. You've got to be able. To accept your flaws, lay it at his feet, and believe that he's more than able to do exceedingly more than you could ever ask of him. And when you get to that point where you lay all your flaws, all your challenges, all your failures, all your success, your rise and your falls at his feet, that is faith. To realize that you cannot do it on your own. Hence, you need the supernatural power that is fit to know that on our own human flesh, we will fail woefully that is fit to be solely dependent on him to survive, to breathe, to live that is fit. That is fit. It is no faith to go out in your own strength. It is no faith to go out in your own might, in your own flesh, to think you will be able to um, uh, get it figured out. You know, we've got to stop trying to figure out things ourselves and sometimes just look on the God and say, Help me, Lord, I'm drowning. Like Peter. Like Peter, when, while he was literally drowning trying to walk up to jesus and next thing he loses his focus he loses his gaze sometimes we lose our gaze so we lose our focus you know and rather than trying to learn how to swim in the 
in the middle of it and even if we know how to swim to throw and kill ourselves trying to save ourselves we will actually look up just like Peter to save you and say save me Lord or I perish at times where it gets to the point and I just say Lord save me or I perish save me Lord or I perish if you don't save me I perish I can't save myself and I just give it all to God. I just lay it all out at His feet. Sometimes I lay my worries, I lay my fears, I lay everything at His feet. When you don't lay it all at His feet, there is peace. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You've got to learn to lay it at His feet. You cannot carry your old troubles alone. Peace via the storms around you. And for whatever reason you just can't, you just have it. People are wondering, is it not getting to you? It's not getting to me because the Lord is my shield and my buckler. It's not getting to me because I refuse to bother myself about it. I've casted all my cares onto Him. Oh, He's my shepherd. Oh, He's my guide. Oh, He's my God. With everything to me. This 2021. Uh, and there's already a promise that say you're gonna face tribulation. Well in it you coming out an overcomer. In it you coming out an overcomer. Hallelujah. I hope this blesses you and I pray that the Lord give us a strength. Do not let the sun go down on our anger. Do not let give the devil a foothold. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I should listen now. I, I feel there is someone listening. And right now you feel it, a tightness in your chest because the sort of anger you've been through, the kind of explosive anger you have. I pray for you right now. You find control of it. I take away that explosiveness away from you. And I send back the repeat of it. The sun no longer goes down on your anger. The devil has no foothold over you anymore. In the name of Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. It's Mary Prex here again. And today we'll be talking about change. It's 2021 and many persons are intended to change. Many persons want to change. Many persons um, want to be better at what they're doing. Change for the better. Change for good. Um, for some, they want to stop drinking. They want to stop smoking. For some, they want to stop hanging out with friends who um, have a debilitating effect on their life. Um, for some, they just want to start making a meaning out of life and for whatever reason if you're wishing to change um, the first thing i want to let you know is that change requires making choices change requires making choices you know um but first let's see ephesians 4 22 from the new living translations i'm going to read ephesians 4 22 it says throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. 
um, for those of us who wants to change, or the many out there who wants to change, who wants to be a better version of ourselves, who wants to probably get closer to God and know God more, or, or get more intimate with God, or whatever it is, whatever it is you're alluding to, whatever it is you, you're wishing for, that you want to change about, that you want to change in your life for, um, it is going to require you to make choices. And these choices, I, won't, I can't promise you, are going to be easy choices. I can't promise you that. I don't know if it's going to be easy for you. I don't know if it's going to be difficult for you. But I can promise you, I don't know if it's going to be easy or not. I don't know if it's going to be easy or not. Because change requires you to make choices. And these choices sometimes are going to cut right deep down into your marrow. They are going to be painful. They are going to be excruciating. And for whatever reason it is, if you are really serious about making change, you've got to get at the back of your mind. Or at the front of your mind, rather. At the front of your heart. At the front of your thoughts. That change will require you to make some certain hard decisions. To make some certain hard choices. There's not enough for you to dream of changing. See, everybody, many persons are out there waking up every day, dreaming of changing. Hoping one day they will change. Believing someday they will change. They are looking for the magical one that's going to make them change. The truth is you're, gonna, you're not going to change if you don't start working towards changing. If you're not going to make deliberate decision, active decisions towards changing. Change is not all about dreaming. Changing is not... Uh, make Having changes in our life is not all about dreaming. It's more practical than being passive. You can't be daydreaming about changing. You can't tell yourself, oh, someday I'm going to st- stop smoking. Oh, someday I'm going to stop drinking. Oh, someday I'm, go- uh, I'm going to stop womanizing. If you are not actively making choices that will litigate or reduce the amount of, of, of drinking, of smoking, of womanizing you do. If uh, you're saying, oh, I'm, I think I need, to stop, I need to stop drinking. And every time you find yourself at the bar, then you're just dreaming about changing. You're not ready yet about changing. You just imagine, it's just a wishful thinking in your thought about changing. If you're going to change, you're going to make deliberate decisions. Deliberate, deliberate decisions to change. And it's not going to be enough for you to just daydream about it. It's not enough for you to desire to say, oh, wow, I wish I can change. You have to stop wishing and start walking towards changing. Towards creating a change in your life. You have to stop wishing and start walking towards changing. In order for you to change, you will need to make decisions and you must choose to change. It's your own decision. It's not something someone is going to make for you. It's not a decision someone is going to uh, um, make on your behalf. You have to do it yourself. And see that is coming from you or not. And see that is coming from you or not. And that's what Paul is telling the Ephesians to say throw off your whole sinful nature. See, nobody's going to force it off you. You have to take it off yourself. You've got to take off that whole sinful nature of yours. You have to take off that whole sinful procrastinative nature of yours. You have to take off that whole um, lazy nature of yours. You have to take off that whole I don't care attitude of, of yours. You have to take it off yourself. Nobody's going to be able to do that for you. The old man in you, the old sinful nature in your former life is going to stick for as long as you are alive through unless you actively make that choice that decision to say hey i'm putting you off i'm putting you off change is intentional you've got to know that 
If you're going to be different in the next six months, in the next three months, in the next two months, you've got to be intentional about it. You don't wake up one morning and then you just realize, oh, I've changed. It doesn't work that way. You have to work towards it. And if you're going to be a better version of yourself in 2021, if you want to be better than you, then you prove yourself. Because the competition is not against your neighbors. It's not against the, 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 the persons you don't even know on Instagram or Facebook and the WhatsApp status things you see. The competition is against you. The competition is against you. Are you going to be a better year from now? What do you really want? Do you want to be a better version of yourself, as many persons say? Do you want to be closer to God? Do you want to be nearer to Him? Do you want to understand God more? Whatever discipline, whether spiritual or physical, you've got to make that choice. And it has to be intentional. It has to be intentional. Hallelujah. Change will only happen if you choose to change. It isn't going to be happen. It isn't going to happen accidentally. Change will only happen if you choose to change. It doesn't happen accidentally. Nobody accidentally becomes a president. Nobody accidentally be, be, becomes becomes a king. You have to be on that pathway before you get there. You have to be. You need to think ahead to where you need to be at the end of the year and where you need to be in theory six years and a decade from now. And if you want to be better than your heart today, you won't be unless you choose to. If you want to be better than your heart today, you won't be unless you choose to. And change requires a choice. A lot of times you think you're waiting on God to change us. Stop waiting on God to change you. He's already giving you everything required for you to be the better version of yourself. God is not going to come down and say, oh, my son, receive change. No. He's giving you everything and all you need to do is take off the whole nature of yours. Take off the whole nature of yours and unveil that nature that he has given you on the inner side of you. Your inner man, unveil the inner man. Take off the old nature and unveil the inner man. Unveil the inner man, and you're gonna find yourself a better version, a better you. Uh, I don't know what is getting. Just understand what I mean. A better version is probably just the only word I can use right now to express what I'm trying to. Um, the message I'm trying to pass across. You know. There's no growth without change, and there's no change without loss, and there's no loss without pain. If you're going to grow, you'll have to change. You have to. Change requires a choice. A lot of times, nobody has to wait for God to change them. You don't have to. You're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to make changes. I'm willing to make changes. And it's going to be intentional choices in order for us to change. From pruning, from trimming some friends off, from pruning some friends off, from pruning some associates off, from pruning negative vibes around us off, from pruning people generally off. And bringing to uh, graft ourselves into the right company. These are going to be personal. And I tell you, some of them are going to be painful. 
they're going to be painful. But then if you're going to grow, you cannot grow without change. And there's no change without loss. And there's no loss without pain. And if you're going to grow, you will have to change. And change means you let go of some old things and grab hold of the new things. So you've got to let go of your whole nature. So you can hold on to the new nature. Or the new man. Or the inner man. And be unveiled to the world. You can't be stuck in the middle. You can't be stuck in the middle. There's no sitting on the fence when it comes to changing. Either for good or for bad, you're changing. Either for good or for bad, you're changing. So you have to turn up that whole nature of yours. As the Bible says in Ephesians 22, throw off your whole nature, your whole sinful nature, and from a way of life, you have to let go of the drunkards you have as friends, of um, the the holes you have as uh, as partners or whatever it is I don't know whatever you want to change from but you have to let go of some old patterns some old habits and those things are going to hurt they're going to be painful they're going to cause you pain they're going to make you to to, to get you mocked or they make you be at the receiving hand of mockery then it's all for the better Because God is willing to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. You're the workmanship of God. And if you must unveil that workmanship, then you've got to change. You've got to change. You've got to change. And I pray for you today that you find space. You find it. the ability that God gives you the grace to change. He gives you the, the strength to change. That you should the more the more courage, the more stand to let go and cling on to God. And say, Lord, I'm letting go of my whole sinful nature. I'm letting go of my whole sinful nature. I'm letting go of my hold me. I'm letting go of the attitudes, the bad attitudes. I'm, I'm letting go of the of the pains, of course. I'm letting go of the hearts of experience. I'm letting go of everything. And I'm learning that's your faith. Leaning out your feet. I want you to help me in unveiling the hini man. In unveiling the hini man. Hallelujah.